podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I won't go into, ladies and gentlemen, some of the problems we have with getting Gary Voorhees on the show because, you know, Skype's a little bit weird and it's not like an alien creature visiting us from Alpha Centauri or Proxima Centauri. It is from the labs at Microsoft, which is what makes it weird. But Gary, we're glad to welcome you back here on the Paracast and we have a lot to discuss now because so many things have happened since the last time we talked. But before we do that, at all, were you acquainted with Tim Beckley? Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I know of him, but I'm bad with names. Yeah, Tim was a longtime UFO researcher. He got started like he was a teenager back around 1960 or so. I've known the guy for probably close to 60 years, which ages me. As I mentioned just very briefly on last week's episode of the Paracast with Preston Dennett, Tim died in his sleep, although he had, you know, he wasn't in the greatest of health. And we're really sorry for his friends and his family. And probably we're going to invite some of his friends to remember him on a future episode. Rest in peace, Tim Beckley. Okay, Gary, we talked to you back in 2020. And as we get on the show right now, the world, I guess, has changed a little bit because every day or two, I'm seeing something positive about UFOs in the news media, on the cable news shows, all in anticipation of this Pentagon UAP task force. Have you been following all of that? Yeah, I haven't had much of a choice. Uh, I've had about everybody and their brother asking about a billion questions, and my email and my phone's been blown up ever since the 60-minute spot. And then, of course, once that happened, then everybody started looking into the fact that they're actually doing some type of soft disclosure soon. And then I've been getting calls from people that aren't even UFO people in my family and you know, fr- old friends and all over the place. So, yeah, it's blowing up. It certainly is. You've suddenly become famous, which may um, not be what you wanted, but that's unfortunately yeah. what happens sometimes. I don't know about famous, but maybe infamous. Well, we can talk about that, but then they talk about me being something or other, but we didn't want to get into that. That's another story. In the meantime here, we had a long discussion there about your experiences, and we're hearing all aspects of it now. Have you been in touch with your fellow servicemen about what might have happened since then? Yeah, I mean, I've been in close touch with Kevin Day and Jason Turner and, you know, those guys. And then uh, I've got uh, quite a few people that, uh, you know, through one way or another, didn't want to be associated with, uh, you know, the the title of a UFO person, you know, that uh, keep tabs on and apprised on the situation. And they want to be they like to talk about things that happen, but they're not they're not quite ready to come forward about things yet. But I hope hopefully after a lot of this stuff, maybe more people will. Anything you learned about your experience here that would amplify what we talked about as we progress? I'm not quite sure where in the story we were when last time I was on, but I know that uh, I've been able to vel- you know verify that it definitely wasn't the Princeton that would have gotten a uh, a, a lock on anything underwater because we were running passive only at the time and we didn't have 
a tail in the water, meaning that we couldn't actually like triangulate any type of thing under the water if it was going underwater. And so the, the report of it being underwater had to have come from another ship. Um, and the person that originally told me that seems to not really want to talk right now. So I, I don't really uh, have any way of verifying that but the more and more that i i learn and uh you know with with the pilots saying that they definitely saw something under the water and you know things like that the more and more i think that it might have been true the underwater thing is what makes it so complicated we see things in the sky and as soon as they go in and out of the water there's this flying flexibility that's so far beyond anything we could do I mean, just the normal flight characteristics of it, uh, you know, were far beyond anything that we could do at the time or even now. Uh, so, I mean, it just fact, the factor, the factor in that it was transmedium, it, well, that was, yeah, that just blows it completely out of the wall, you know, literally out of the water. For those who didn't hear the first show, and I don't want to repeat old ground, but maybe a little bit, a wee bit, can you quickly summarize the original encounter? Um, all right, yeah, for quick, uh, well, uh, in 2004, uh, the USS Princeton and the USS Nimitz tracked uh, several unknown aircraft for over seven days, uh, varying in numbers from, t- from hour to hour. Um, after uh, about a week, uh, there was concerns of using, uh, using that airspace for our, uh, our training, so they did an interrogation. That interrogation then produced uh, the, the, the Nimitz Tic Tac video that everybody gets to watch now. Um, after that, then it, uh, it went pretty dark for a number of years. And then in 2017, the New York Times did an article about the entire event, kind of uh, solidifying it for some of us that uh, it was actually a real thing. And maybe we should start talking about it. And since then... Um, Kevin Day and I uh, started a company to do research on, uh, you know, UAPs and that type of thing. And um, we, you know, we just keep moving forward from there. Now, you had a Twitter account, which doesn't seem to be up anymore. Is that something you're not doing anymore? Uh, well, uh, a former member of UAPX uh, actually was running that Twitter account and had decided that uh, he wanted to go ahead and delete it rather than hand it back off to us. So uh, we actually started a new one, and that's uh, ran by uh, Dave Altman. Okay, we'll make sure we run a link to that. You know, we really want to know more about you. We know, of course, you have a small child because we saw the small child behind you in the brief excursion with your camera and the child is now not contributing to the conversation which we don't mind if they do sometimes because sometimes we learn more from children than anyone else but tell us about your background what led you from where you started to here how did you get involved in the kind of work you did um well it's just honestly curiosity and wanting to know why and how these things worked and why they, you know, why they were here, um, who they were, you know, what is their objectives? Uh, you know, is it man-made? Is it not man-made? Um, that's the other thing that, you know, I keep going back and forth on whether or not, you know, it's, it's our technology and it was just, uh, you know, either, you know, been under wraps this whole time or not, but I mean, it's pretty, pretty damn advanced, which is what keeps me on the fence. Um, 
you know, just uh, juggling a, a regular nine to five and and uh, family life, and and then on top of that, you know, dealing with uh, you know running the UAPX company along with uh, my my team, and you know, it uh, it completely fascinates me to be able to get the type of people together that we have and be able to go and do the research that we're doing, and it's 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 hopefully in the future going to be fruitful and be able to answer some questions, you know, because the Navy's got tons and tons of data on these things, you know, whether it's that they still don't know what it is or if they don't know, you know, and they just have a lot of this metadata on them. And so they still know more than us. You know, I want to be able to get that same metadata and give it to the public, you know, give it to other researchers, give it to other people to research, you know, you know peer review, make this a real science, you know, make this not a, not a, not a giggle factor anymore. I'll stop a giggle factor and I'll break. Gary Voorhees joins us. Of course, he was one of the witnesses to that tic-tac ufo encounter he was aboard the princeton i'm going to ask him more about his military background how he got aboard that ship what led him on that path before he got involved in this strange world more to come with gene and randall you're in the paracast hey listeners I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T, T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Kind of wanted to understand more about you personally, Gary. Okay. What is the path that took you? to where you were when this episode happened in 2004. What got you aboard that ship? What professional decisions? When I was coming into the service, uh, uh, a lot of it was taken care of for me. Uh, you know, you go to the recruiter, you, you take your ASVAB, you either do good or bad on it or mediocre. I, I happened to do very well on it and uh, placed in a high group and got into one of the more advanced rates uh, working on uh, you know, weapon systems and becoming a fire controlman. Enlisted, went into boot camp, went through boot camp, and then you had to go through uh, a electronic school first, to which they teach you all the basics of uh, how to fix, maintain, and troubleshoot down to the component level on electronics. And then you go to an A school, which teaches you the basics of fire control systems, which would be basics on weapon systems for those that aren't real familiar with the terminology. And then from there, you go to a final school that gives you your specialization on the systems that you're going to run. And that final school was Aegis Computer C School, and that's uh, to run all the mainframes that run all the different various aspects of the Aegis system, including the Spy-1 Bravo radar. Being that this ship was actually one of the older ships that hadn't been upgraded yet, they had sent me to this ship, and then pretty much as soon as I got to the ship, 
I had to throw away everything I knew because they they had upgraded the ship to a, a new type of system that I had never been trained on. So, kind of had to learn on the fly. Uh, did pretty well. Uh, had a lot of good people around me, and then uh, then I didn't. Then I was the only ended up being the only computer technician left on there because uh, they were getting rid of the billet and uh, they they had just brought on one of the what they called the Q70 technicians, which was just a nomenclature for de- denoting the new type of computer tech that was going to be coming out. It was just us. That's it. Uh, <laughs> we had to run the entire weapon system for ten months, but uh, we did we did a really good job. Uh, we never had any downtime, and you know we. Then got back from our 10-month deployment and did everything, all the various jobs, and then started doing our workups and for the next deployment. And that's, uh, that's when the Nimitz encounter ended up happening. So that's, that's the A to B, how I ended up on the ship and how I ended up being one of the sole people running everything uh, when it comes to the, you know, all the computer systems. Now, that's the interesting thing, too, here. Did you notice any strange or unusual behavior of the computers when this was all going down? Uh, no, actually, they were working excellent. They were working. There was no error codes. There was no, you know, there's nothing to, to note that there was any problems whatsoever. And a lot of times when we have situations like this, we would only do, you know, the things that we do just to verify that what we're seeing is actually what we're seeing. And, you know, that would happen no matter what the situation was. So, you know, any type of situation that's questionable, well, you take it down, you check it, and then you bring it back up. If it's all the same, guess what? It's there. Had you ever seen anything unusual prior to this? Uh, that's negative. No. Nope. Uh, prior to this, I'd never had any type of uh, UFO encounter. I never, type, never saw one personally, and we never tracked one on the ship as far as I know. You know, radar operators might might have more more to say about that, but you know, something like this tends to kind of travel amongst our group pretty quick, especially since I've got to be in in the process of troubleshooting any issues that might come up. So, I would probably be told pretty quickly if there was some type of thing that they need to verify. Or now, I do know we get unknowns all the time, but if they don't stay and they're not trackable then they're considered clutter you know so generally the system will literally edit out garbage you'll get it for a little bit of time and then it just disappears and it's gone and then but it'll be really fast when that happens not over the course of days and there wouldn't be a one it wouldn't be continuous tracks like these were had you had any prior interest in ufos um well watching the x files that type of thing when i was a kid um I've always been interested in, uh, you know, just weird stuff, but nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary of normal kids, as far as I know. <laughs> After this happened, it's two thousand four. What uh, happened to you next? After the, after this happened, uh, pretty much when we pulled back into port, that was my last underway with the ship. I then got out of the service uh, and. End up moving to Florida, um, and promptly, uh, other than when you know drinking with some buddies, uh, I really didn't talk about this event whatsoever because it was uh, it was always kind of undetermined exactly what 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 happened, and you know I was always curious about you know whether they knew what was going on by how kind of lackluster they reacted to it. Um, 
because everything, you know, I mean, other than the little snide jokes here and there and, you know, the, you know, running X-Files over the ship's TVs and stuff like that and alien movies, you know, other than that, you know, it really didn't feel like it was a big deal. So that's that's how we ended up just treating it until 2017. At least that's how I treated it. Okay, when you went on to civilian life, any reason you didn't re-up in the military? Or is it just um, you did your time and you wanted to do something else? Yeah, it was just time to get out. That was at the point in the career, in my career where uh, the advancement in my in my, uh, in my my rate wasn't going very well for me. So it was just time to move on. What kind of work do you do now? Uh, I work for a telecom uh, for Spectrum Communications. And I do service work, uh, you know, basically I fix TV, cable, and internet. So if I have a problem with my TV, you're the cable guy? I am the cable guy. Uh Uh-oh, we're in trouble now. You are the cable guy. (laughs) The people who you visit when you go to someone's home and their their cable box won't boot or so and you go in there do they know who you are most of the time no i've actually only been on like one mainstream tv show so unless they were really into ufos they wouldn't really know me uh, i had one gentleman recognize me because he was a uh, he was very heavily into UFOs, and he, he kept eyeballing me the whole service call. And, uh, you know, I go, are you okay, sir? And she, he goes, he goes, you look really familiar. Were you on TV? And I go, I mean, uh, yeah, but I, I doubt that you would have seen it. <laughs> and then I go, he goes, he goes, something about UFOs? I go, yep, yep, that's me. He goes, no way, you know, and he was kind of, it was kind of cool because he was a little geeked out by it, but. We just sat there and talked to UFOs for a while, and he was pretty happy. And you fixed his TV? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's, that's okay. the easy part of the, of the day. We get into the difficult stuff now. Gary Voorhees joins us, one of the witnesses to the infamous Tic Tac UFO by way of his binoculars. And we'll have more to talk about, especially now where we're having what might be a disclosure episode coming in the near future. With Gene and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Air travel continues its pandemic rebound as Americans are traveling in ever-increasing numbers. The Transportation Security Administration says it screened more than 2 million passengers on Friday, the first time in more than 15 months that passenger traffic has exceeded that 2 million mark. Even with the travel boost coming from mostly domestic leisure travel, Friday's numbers are still only three-quarters of the crowds that flew in 2019. But that surge is coming as new data shows that 13 states have reached their goal of having 70% of their adult populations at least partially vaccinated. President Biden has set a goal to get 70% of all Americans 18 and older partially vaccinated by July 4th. And one person has been arrested in connection with the shooting in Austin, Texas, that left 14 people wounded, two of them in critical condition. Austin police say they had identified two male suspects in the shooting and are still searching for the second man. Police believe the shooting was a result of a dispute between the suspects. This is USA Radio News. The Department of Justice is investigating itself. Wendy King explains. Lawmakers say they want answers after a new article showed that a Trump-era request for lawmakers' cell phone data was retrieved as the former administration sought out leaks during the Russia probe. The Justice Department's Inspector General is looking into the seizure of House Democrats' metadata during the Trump administration. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco referred the case to the IG. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Dick Durbin, say that former Attorneys General Bill Barr and Jeff Sessions must testify under oath to the committee. The demand came after revelations that the Trump administration had secretly gathered device data from Democratic members and staff of the House Intelligence Committee as they investigated internal leaks during the Russia probe. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. And this is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I know Randall is sitting there champing at the bit. He's got questions of Gary Voorhees, and I was trying to get a general picture of what this guy is like. 
before we let Randall have Adam. Randall? Hey, Gary. Welcome back to the show. Hey, how's it going? How you been? Pretty good. Yeah, it was um, having you on last time. That was a really educational experience for a lot of people. And uh, I think one of the best shows we'd had on this whole topic, uh, especially to have somebody who was there firsthand when things were going down. And and, uh, Gene just got us to uh, give you the sort of the basic background, the big, the bigger picture. And I would like to drill in just a little bit further into it with you. Again, maybe not quite as extensively as we did in the last episode or the last time that you were on, but because we all kind of know that this happened, but your situation was really quite unique in all of this and part of a a larger picture. So when we're talking about the USS Princeton, that's the CG-59, I am assuming, not the earlier ones from, you know, there's, this is the sixth ship to carry the name and cg-59 nikon rogo class uh guided missile cruiser right exactly not the aircraft carrier earlier or any of that there's actually an account on the aircraft carrier the princeton where they had a ufo encounter in the philippines oh interesting yeah (laughs) uh, there's a there was a uh, one of the guys uh, in uh, in the company had uh, posted a, uh, a a small Britain account in a in a book he was reading about uh, you know the the old Princeton had gotten uh, it basically been uh, supposedly buzzed by a, a UFO. So we'd be talking about the, the CVL twenty three, the the aircraft carrier that was in I think. That's World War II. I'm not sure. I think so. I'm not. I think it was the Gator Freighter that was named uh, the Princeton, which sounds about right. I'd have to look at look at look it back up. But yeah, it was uh, it was one of the prior uh, renditions of the Princeton. We always we all thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but this one that you're on, much more modern, sixth ship to bear the name, and part of what is called a carrier group. If it's if my understanding is correct on this, in other words, you're an integral part of a of a much larger group of ships that work together. That's and correct. So, so give us a little bit more of an idea about the role that your ship plays in this larger group. All right. So, our primary duty is to play what uh, was to play what they call flight guard to the carrier. Now, the carrier itself obviously is a, a military might with all of its. Uh, you know, it's airplanes and helicopters and it's, you know, it's air superiority. But as for defense wise, it's relatively weak to defend itself. So our task is to guard the carrier and to run flight operations. Basically, we run shotgun with the carrier, uh, meaning, you know, side by side with them, keeping flank with them as they're doing flight uh, you know any type of flight missions or any type of things going on, and we're we're basically uh, it's hired muscle and it's uh, it's it's communication system going back and forth. You know, when you were on the show last time and we were talking about this, uh, apparently this was kind of an interesting thing that I found that not all the ships were actively deployed out in the open sea. Uh, try to forgive me if I don't get all the terms completely. Right, but apparently some of them were docked, and you were able to do your your uh, exercises with them in dock. Yep, uh, that was due to the CEC system, which was uh, prototyped on our ships. We were the first carrier group to have the system, 
And what it would enable them to do is basically turn on their comms with us and they could be a part of the mission without having to be there because they're getting all the data from us to provide a picture for them. And this is where I just want to make sure we uh, alleviate any confusion. So the data that's coming in for you guys on this uh, training exercise, it's real-time, real data from real systems. It's not something that's been put into the systems for you guys to react to more like a game. No, yeah, it, it's, it's all real-time, and okay. the only actual data that anybody's seeing is the data that was coming from the actual ships that were there. Uh, the participants that were docked were, you know, they would be seeing our data, but not actually contributing their own. Now, in a real-world situation where they were all a present, then for 256 nautical miles from the edge of back edge of every ship, we would have a huge circumference of data coming in, showing us a, the, the picture of everything around the battle group. Okay, so there was nothing simulated in this, in other words, and, and that's really important because... Yeah. Uh, your role in this is is knowing about tracks that were being picked up that were unexplainable, and you first heard about these uh, during a smoke break, and then you yeah. decided to start looking into it. Yeah, um, you know, we basically had gotten up uh, when I didn't want to. I'd had a late watch and uh, not in all that great of a mood, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, I was up there uh, looking for a cigarette and. One of the one of the guys that you know, does uh, sits sits watch in the combat, you know, come down and off, you know, when he was coming off his watch, and we smoked a cigarette, and he started BSing with me about uh, having unknown tracks all night, and how it's it's pretty odd, and we'll probably end up having to reset the systems later, and I'm like, all right, you know, and then I was like, you know, that is odd, so I went up there, and uh, they weren't currently tracking them at the time, and then. About an hour later, they were, and so it's it was off and on for that entire week that we were tracking these things. So I started running passive diagnostics on the system, uh, and that's where you don't have to actually shut the systems down, but it's checking connections, it's making sure that there's no uh, fault codes, it's making sure that there's uh, you know that everything's talking to each other properly, and then of course uh, you know there, we have all kinds of. Uh, systems. We have an entire section of ages devoted just to checking these things called ORTS. ORTS is basically an entire system of just checks and balances throughout the entire system that tells us what's wrong, when it's wrong, and how to fix it. Give us some idea about the kind of space that this is you're talking about when you're dealing with this. Like, are you talking about a, a fairly large size room with lots of people or smaller offices or smaller sec- you know areas that are designated to certain people what's that well, like the, the age system comprises up i think it's like almost uh, uh probably almost a third of the ship because all of our you gotta remember all of our systems comprise the weapon systems that run the entire ship the only ones that are independent of us are are well we there's uh you have the ages system you have then you have uh, VLS uh, Tomahawk, and all of those are integrated in with our systems to provide the eyes and ears for everything. And we provide the fire control control solutions. We you know basically everything runs through the Aegis system. The Aegis is kind of like the uh, the backbone of everything. I think the only independent system was the 
the five inch 54 guns and the sea whiz. And that was only because they have to operate autonomously, but everything else is tied into our systems. But the entire room computer room, every computer for every system is in this room. It's, it's a pretty large room, probably I'd say 30 by 10, maybe 30 by 20. So it's a pretty big room. And then we have associated rooms that, uh, we do maintenance on the back side of the of the of all those hexagonal plates that you see. That's spy one radar. Um, there's honestly a, a third of the ship is taken up with our equipment. You know, from one space to another, voids uh, down in all the way down into even into engineering, where we have these huge cooling skids that uh, just keep everything. You know. Because our our systems were water cooled, so yeah, we're talking some pretty high tech stuff here. So okay, thanks. So this gives us like a a, a situational awareness that is completely amazing. During the last show, you were saying that your your group collects data from the rest of the ships as well. Let's do our break. We got Gary, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. 
Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Is your child defiant, independent, annoyingly inquisitive? After a long, hard day of following the rules, who wants to deal with troublesome kids? 49% of children suffer from Oppositional Defiant Disorder, or ODD. Symptoms of ODD include independent thought, rampant creativity, and failure to submit to authority. But now there's a solution. The good people at Pilfer can help you with their time-release, once-daily capsule, Compliacin. Your child won't be able to form his own opinions, let alone express them. It maintains your child's ability to go to a state-run school and perform simple tasks around the house. You won't have to worry about parenting, and the school won't have to deal with your kid asking questions. Compliacin. You'll go from this. Quit telling me what to do! Quit telling me what to do! Quit telling me what to do! To this. Good morning, Mother. I love going to school. And this week we're learning all about how the government is our federal family and they're here to help us. Compliacin. Talk to your school psychiatrist and ask for it by name. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we're getting a picture here of Gary Voorhees' work environment, where he was when all this stuff was going down. Randall? Right. So just before the break there, we were just saying that, that so your ship then can act and sounds like it does act as one of the primary nerve centers for all of the the tracking information that's coming in from around all of the ships and it puts it together on, I'm assuming, is it one large screen or several small screens or how does that look? Um, well, th- that would be a little bit of a misnomer as us being the nerve center. That was the one strategic thing about C- CEC that was amazing is that you didn't have every every ship acted as their own individual nerve center. It was kind of more of like a collective rather than an individual. So all of this sensor data would be collectively shown on the big screens in combat and on sp- specific consoles. Now, as far as I know, the newer versions of it, everything is just integrated into every screen. So if one ship, like, say we got sunk for whatever reason, basically the only thing that would happen is just a a small dip in the data, you know, where basically we wouldn't, the data wouldn't go out as far. Yeah, so basically, CC is what does that. It's all autonomous. It all works in tandem with each other, and there is no real nerve center for it. Very interesting stuff. So all of the other ships are going to be getting all pretty much all the same data. They're going to be knowing what's going on as well. So since this incident happened, which was back in 2004, you were quiet about it for a number of years. Then when Commander Fravor came out in 2017, you decided that you were going to come forward as well. And 
you are now president of UAP Expeditions and one of the founders and have been investigating this in some further detail. Can you tell us now what was really going on with the other ships as well that you didn't know about at the time and how all of this got started? Well, I've heard some interesting stories over the years, uh, you know, people that actually saw firsthand, like that were on the carrier. They actually saw these ships get close to the carrier where, unfortunately, because of my, my shift schedule and the way I, I worked, I just must have never gotten lucky and saw them. And, you know, and then, of course, I've, uh, you know, accounted uh, Mr. Uh, Sean Cahill's account where he actually saw five objects that came at the ship. You know, so can you give us that sort of a timeline of how this happened? So, like, say, like, you know about what happened with you. But if you have you pieced together this in more timeline with everybody in the bigger picture now that you've had a chance to do some more research with UAPX on this. Most of our piecing together has uh, mostly to do with uh, Dave Beatty. He, He did some extensive interviews with quite a few people. And he's always been very, very kind to share that data with me and our company. Um, that my personal, that my personal relationships with some of my other shipmates have t- gotten me other accounts where you know that have been able to add to the story and add to the information that we have to you know help us try to figure out what to look for, how to look for it, and what to do when we do get any information and uh okay great so let's give it let's let's just go through now like a brief sort of timeline then over the course of on uh, day one day two day three leading okay. up to when they sent the aircraft up to have a look at these things all right so the first day was a little bit busy because we were you know trying to verify that these things were actual unknowns we didn't have uh eyes in the sky that i was aware of or i'm not aware of right now and then you know most of the we haven't we hadn't tasked any pilots to go look at it look at it or anything like that they were just tracking them uh then we within the first day we also took down the systems checked them brought them back up everything was still the same still had the solid tracks and then it got kind of uh, talkative amongst us but in in you know just kind of dull because they weren't doing anything they were just floating southwards towards baja doing 100 knots doing literally nothing out of like there was no orwell things or no no crazy things like that um it was uh just pretty benign for probably about five days and then somebody grabbed me and said hey they did an intercept and you know I thought at the time it was live, so I'm up there and I'm, you know, pulling up this console as one of our uh, top secret consoles to watch this intercept, and you know, then I watch this object that they're, you know, intercepting. Or at that time, I thought was live, but it really wasn't. Um, and it blew my mind. And then we watched it again, and it, it was like. I didn't know how to react to it. I'm like, that's what I think it is. How the hell can that do that? Uh, how can we not be concerned about this? You know, and then like I had a billion questions, but being junior, you just kind of keep your mouth shut. Um, right. You know. So when you're talking about the intercept, then are you talking about the, the, the first time that when the aircraft were already in the air and they were told to check it out or when they had landed and were sending someone else up? 
this would have been uh, when they sent somebody else up with the FLIR pod. You know, this is the film that the clip that you guys got to see was up from. Um, and you know. you, okay, so you watched that live on your systems while that was taking place. Uh, I was under the impression it was, but I, uh, we're not certain that it actually was live. Um, I, I don't know how to, I, I don't have a way of verifying whether it was live or not, because we can't. Because the the time frame at which we had the capabilities of going live is very very like apparently the technology was there, but we don't know if the the, the planes actually had it. So it might have been post flight that I got to see it. Sounds was the like quality from, of what you saw as bad as what we've seen in public? Absolutely not. Uh, the quality was approximately twice as good as what you saw. Probably what you would say is standard standard definition. Where what you guys got to see was compressed garbage. I agree with the right. compressed garbage, but you see, this gives also skeptics the excuse to rip this apart because they can say, well, it can be anything because it's not very clear. If I had the privilege of seeing what you could see, what your, could you tell me about the objects that we, that we weren't sure about? <laughs> well, the th first thing is the shape. Uh, you'll be able to be clearly define the shape. Um, you'll be able to see the protrusions on the bottom that were spoke of, but not in a. It, it still wouldn't be as clear as you know anybody would really want. But at least you'll be able to s define exactly what it was. You'll be able to tell its flight characteristics, the way it moved, and you know, uh, you know, it was a much longer video, but there was a lot of just kind of it just tracking this object. Now, I mean, just seeing this object alone, seeing that it had a universal heat signature, that there were, didn't seem to be engines, that it didn't have any flight surfaces, it had no windows, it had no wings, no propellers, no, you know, it had nothing other than just its shape. It was just mind-blowing that this thing could just be in the air, period. Even if this thing was only doing 100 knots, it would be like, well, how does it do 100 knots with nothing <laughs> right yeah okay can you i'd like to back up just a little bit because i'm just wondering how it is that with your expertise in these systems you can't know if you were watching a live situation or one that was being played back uh because it wasn't my systems that that was all filmed on you mean being displayed on at the time? Yeah. So basically, the systems, the the, the link systems, and the, uh, the the land, and everything that it was being utilized to enable me to watch that video, none of that was my system. You, yeah. You're just not familiar with with that. Yeah. That, okay. I did find out that the link system at the time technically was capable of doing it, but whether or not we had the capability on that particular aircraft at the time because it was pretty new we, we weren't i haven't been able to verify yet so okay. not yeah. so most likely i saw it post flight rather than currently and it was just Play, an playback yeah for for some sort of an analysis then i'm assuming and this took place on your ship the princeton that's correct okay so if it was some kind of playback there must have been a reason for that or do you know it was just a situation where you just saw this happening and became a part of it, but you don't really know what was, you know, how that situation came to be? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was probably put on there for a briefing because um, it was on the secret land. So if 
you know somebody was preparing a briefing they would have put it on there and nine times out of ten they would have probably shot the link to somebody else that hey check this out and then that's how it ends up going across everybody that has access to those computers you know we um, have more that- to come with gary Voorhees. we're talking about what has become a really really famous or infamous set of ufo or uap encounters with gene and randall you're in the paracast Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is the obvious question here. Obviously, there are things which might be regarded as top secret that you can't talk about. Otherwise, you'd have to kill us right now. Is there much, without saying what it is, that you obviously have to withhold because of that not really uh i'll be honest with you the meat and potatoes are all there the things i can't talk about are like specific system specifications you know it's like i can tell you that a third of the ship was taken up with our spaces but i can't tell you the name of the spaces or exactly what equipment was in them you know i can't tell you how it operates i couldn't tell you very nitty-gritty specifics about how to build one i couldn't tell you how to uh repair one you know, because that could give you information on how to replicate the technology. 
So I have to just keep in mind, you know, any information that could be used to either replicate the technology or to used against us, then I have to keep that stuff secret. Right. That's perfectly understandable. It's just, it's just to give our listeners kind of an idea of the environment that you were in and and sort of what kind of challenges you were facing when this all happened in order to determine exactly what it was that was happening. Now, the challenges to determine what it was are whether or not we were able to see if it's you know, squawking anything or, or, or broadcasting anything. You know, so, you know, first thing is, is it broadcasting anything? Nothing that we can see. Is a broadcasting IFF, which is identification friend or foe, which is all aircraft in civilian airspace and military aircraft have these transponders that tell us who they are and, you know, their flight name. And so we had nothing coming from them via IFF. Uh, then we have to look at their, their radar profile and we have to check anything else out that we might be able to determine what the object is that we're looking at. And then... Of course, that's all after we verify that we're actually looking at something, you know, so that's after we take our systems down. That's after we do our diagnostics just to double check, not that there were anything wrong with them. It's just when you deal with something that could possibly end up in a military action, you want to be damn sure that you're not shooting down an uh, an airliner or, (laughs) you know, so. Or if you're going to go tell the captain that you have, uh, you know, unknown aircraft that, you know, literally are unknowns, and yes, it's exactly what you think, you best be damn sure that it is. I obviously have a question here. I assume, and this may be things you can't talk about, that the U.S. is in touch with its allies. So if they're sending something flying around, we know it's there just like they know what we're sending up there. I think to a degree. Uh, I highly doubt we were uh, broadcasting about our stealth bombers or fighters uh, as we were developing them. So, I mean, I think to a degree, uh, you know, minus black projects, you're absolutely right. Uh, Any normal flight operations, any normal, uh, you know, say, you know, the French military, we're doing exercises in the ocean, you know, they would and we were happen to be somewhere near there. There definitely would be a courtesy. Hey, we're going to be working in this grid, you know, just to let you know. And I'm sure that the, all that stuff is coordinated on a, on a level that, you know, I don't generally see, but I know of because of reading. I would assume the same thing would be true if you had something top secret being tested and flown around. Some word would have to get to somebody so that you're not wasting your time with it. Or am I wrong? Um, well, it depends on what it is, because, I mean, I, you know, I was never in during the, the you know, the trials for uh, the, the stealth fighters and bombers. But I do know that a healthy number of UFOs could be attributed to them, especially in the, you know, the, the southwest area. That was its stomping ground while it was being field tested. I really can't see any good reason to tell anybody about a black operation, you know, like if I was a foreign country, you know, you're going to have general communications, you know, and generally if you're having a like if we're having you know workups in San Diego, we're not generally telling anybody we're doing it. But if anybody inquires, yeah, we're doing workups. You know, if, they, if they said, well, you know, we, we heard cannons going off. Yeah, we were shooting at San Clemente, you know, so we, we would we could verify after the fact. I think that's more happens than an active, you know, an active collusion where everybody knows what's going on. 
Looking at the theories, one of the theories that voiced about UFOs is some of them might be test aircraft. Did it ever occur to you as a possibility that what you were seeing here was a test? How would you react? How would the ship react? How would all the vessels around there react if they were confronted by an unknown aircraft, even though that unknown aircraft is really one of ours? Well, um, get ready for one of the things that will probably be taken out of context, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. When I said I'm on the fence about it, uh, honestly, the level of technology is the only thing that keeps me on the fence that it's not ours. And I'd say 60-40, that 40% of me says that it could still be our technology. How they got it, how they developed it, that's up in the air. But I fully think that our own military or our own, I know, our own organizations would fly against us just to do proof of concept. I mean, we are talking about a government that sanctioned, you know, LSD trials on army, on, you know, on, you know, active duty military members. You know, the CIA did it to civilians. Uh, I mean, these are not people that are not known for doing these types of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, it happens in the military all the time. There's all kinds of examples of that. But you are right as well, though, that this is a level of technology that is well above at least what we out here in the public know about. And for the most part, what most of the military knew about, too. So, I mean, it's something special, whatever it was. Well, realistically, you're looking at technology at the minimum is a thousand years ahead of what we're doing now. Well, that already puts the... Screws to the theory of something conventional, something we're working on, because if we're a thousand years ahead of something, of technology with the secret aircraft, think of the boasting rights. We could just say to any country that wishes us ill, hey, we got this stuff going on, and you better watch yourself. And then again, I mean, how many people would have known that we would have functioning lasers like we do now, you know, lasers that can actually shoot things down? I mean, that was, uh, you know, a pipe dream in the 80s and 90s. But all of a sudden, you know, 2000 beyond, it's it's not such a pipe dream anymore. You know, well, so they I mean, actually had them further back than that. If you looked, it's so weird well, because they, well, they the size, on, you know, they, I'm talking about a usable <laughs> size, though. Oh, yeah. They put one in a 747. And then, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that one keeps popping up like years later. Oh, they just did this. But I remember it popping up like way before that, you know, it, it, that same article and. So it's like, yeah, you know, we know about the Starfire range and the stuff that they were doing with this way back a long time before people knew what was going on, which means, and this is what I was getting to before, maybe we're not dealing with a real object like a craft, but we're dealing with an illusion of a craft of some kind, some kind of sophisticated countermeasures. And and we touched on this in the last show We've touched on this with other guests. There are people that just say there is no way that we have anything that could come close to that in terms of technology. And I go, well, you and I actually talked about this on the last show. Yeah, they do have radar spoofing. We do, even back in those days, there could have been that kind of technology that we just don't know about that was capable of producing some kind of a visible phenomena that could be construed as a ufo but really wasn't there nothing there and that would explain a lot you know here's something that occurs to me this is my interesting it goes to something probably that you may not have studied 
Back in World War II, we had ghost rockets. That was a phenomenon. People were seeing things in the sky. And one particular UFO investigator named James Carrion, who for a time had headed the Mutual UFO Network MUFON, and he wrote a book called The Rosetta Deception, suggesting we had that up there. We created this, not because it represented real strange objects, but to fool the Russians. We wanted the other country, it presumed to become our main opposition, to think we had this to spook them. Where do we go from there? I'll ask you in our next segment with Mary Jean and Randall. You're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately, I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. 
I have been taking it now for about four months, and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. By the way, Gary Voorhees will stick with us for After the Paracast, available to members of the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus. Okay, Gary. So, obviously, hearing about all this, the New York Times story and everything, and the Russians know this, what was going on now, the Iranians know it, the Chinese know it, Saudi Arabia knows it. Is it possible if this represents our own test aircraft, we did this, created this entire scenario to spook the other countries? It could be a possibility. The the problems that they would have to surmount to create a situation like this would be that they would have to be able to create something that could physically reflect radar. Um, they would have to create something that could be three-dimensional in freestanding space um, and be obser- be able to be observed physically. These are very, very, very far stretches for, I mean, the same level of technology that it was exhibiting would have to have needed to spoof it. So either way, the level of technology is so ridiculous that it's hard for me to say that it could be spoofed. It's also 17 years ago. What's been going on since then? Yeah. Our systems have only gotten better since then. And because of the the way that the spy one of our Bravo radar works, it's, it's dang near impossible to really spoof it. Um, you know, if you had a single feed horn and it was a single pulse radar, you know, I could say, yeah, because, I mean, during World War Two to spoof, uh, you know, the the old style radars, you could just use some type of dense material. And as long as they pulled the track, it was a track, but you couldn't keep a track. That's why they had balloons during World War One and during Blitzkrieg. They had balloons in the air to confuse enemy combatants. You know, I mean, we've been doing these types of things forever, and we will continue to do them. Is, is it possible? It would be possible if we have that level of technology, and that level of technology is just as ridiculous as what the, what the Tic Tac did. Okay, but I'm not so sure about that, because I went to research this, and just what I can find out as a civilian now is that the Navy has spent a lot of money and time doing radar spoofing technology 
putting they've invested a ton of time and money into it to get it and to be able to make it work they're going to have to test it somehow right and we're not talking about old style world war ii radar we're talking about new stuff i mean if they've been doing this all along maybe there's technology there that you're just not familiar with uh like i said a Understanding exactly how the radar signatures come back and have to, I mean, it has to be some type of dense material there. There has to be something physically there to spoof a radar, you know, or something being broadcast at us, you know. So, there, so you say it was a just a small unmanned aircraft, right, that was spoofing us, or a balloon that has broadcasting equipment set up. There would still need to be something physical there to do the spoofing. It couldn't be just somebody hiding in a cloud spoofing. I mean, there has to be some type of physical system present to do spoofing. And nothing like that was present other than this object. If this object itself was doing the spoofing, it still would have had to attribute itself to the flight characteristics that we witnessed. So that means that if it was spoofing, it would have had to do Mach 5 to 25 while it spoofed. So it would still have had to have had the characteristics of what we tracked. Right. And well, when I was looking at this, it turns out that plasma can be picked up on radar, though, too. So, I mean, if you, what if it's some sort of, uh, you know, particle? Uh, most most dense plasmas yeah. and things of that nature usually would get filtered out through the system. You wouldn't see it like you saw on that, the, that it playback. Would, yeah. It, it wouldn't would, be, it just wouldn't be or be that clear. It generally wouldn't be clear. It would be um, on the radar. It wouldn't even stay on as a solid track for very long. Uh, mostly, you know, to generate plasma, it's very high energy. So, I mean, you would have to continuously generate plasma on a regular intervals to continuously have some type of track like that. I mean, that honestly blows my mind how that could be accomplished. They've been doing it. I mean, you, you just have to look it up. But Oh, I did. And, but and to honestly, this extent, it didn't work very well. To, yeah, well, to this extent, it just seems like, but then how, I mean, again, like Gene says, there's the, the extent that we know, and this is the extent yeah. that they know. Well, from, from what, I've, what I've, from the research I've done, uh, you know, they've had some systems post us that could possibly have been culprits. But then when you look at the eyewitnesses, the radar data itself, the, uh, you know, the, the time frames at which we were, you know, the long periods of time that we were actually observing these things, it, it doesn't lend for any viable way for any of those systems to have worked for that length of time without it being, uh, you know, without us being able to observe what was causing it figure out what was going on yeah, yeah it, it i mean it does yeah it does require quite a you know a, a stretch but i don't know if it's quite as much of a stretch as some people would say because i mean i started looking into the when they started doing this and we could go all the way back to the benowitz affair and the starfire optical range where they were doing that back in the 80s back when they were doing the whole sdi program so what they could come up with between the 80s and 2000 that's 20 years yeah, and you put twenty years and a lot of black, uh, black money into a project like that, and with what the United States has and its ingenuity down there, I don't think for a second that they couldn't have come up with something like that in that amount of time. I think they definitely could have. I, 
I would definitely say that it's still it would still be on the table, but as more of a it's got about the same probability as you know these being solid crafts and being ours. Well, you see, now we're getting into the nitty gritty here. We've got a phenomenon that has existed at least since 1947 and possibly going back longer. And now when we look at what happened to you and all the cases that have come to light in recent years, it's as if none of the other stuff mattered or existed. It suddenly comes out of the blue. We didn't have decades of seeing strange things in the sky that maybe have been treated as jokes, but for a lot of people simply could not be explained. And I'm more interested in, you know, I mean, if it ends up being a technology like that, I'd, I'd be fa- I'd be fine with it. I mean, I'm in no way going to defend that it was a solid object if the science ends up saying it wasn't. You know, but when it comes down to it, I mean, understanding how it works, I, I can't reasonably say that it's not a possibility, but I can't say that it's even a possibility. Like if this was a, a double blind study, I would I would discount it. You know, because it was, it would be such a small percentage. It'd be like, uh, you know, if say, uh, you know, one person got a headache in the entire case study, and that, I'm not going to put that on as a side effect. You know, it, it was such a, it's such a stretch, but I will say that it's not impossible. We have something here that sounds impossible. These announcements coming with Gene, Gary, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. President Biden will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Geneva this week following the G7 summit and a meeting of NATO leaders in Brussels. But Senator Bill Haggerty says he's not expecting too much to come from the meeting because the president is going in from a position of weakness. The Tennessee Republican tells Fox News that Biden has already offered too many concessions to the Russians. I think the G7 is frankly being overshadowed completely by what is going to happen next week when Biden does meet with Putin. And Biden's going into this in a position of weakness. Look, he capitulated on the START Treaty at the very beginning with Russia. Now he's turned around and allowed them to finish the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. 
Like that project was, was categorized as a malign influence project by the Trump administration. I served in that administration. This is a huge mistake to walk into this meeting in a position of weakness, and I think that's what all of the G7 leaders are wondering about. How will Biden and Putin manage this meeting? You're listening to USA Radio News. The auction for a ride into space next month with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and his brother Mark has been completed. John Clemens reports. More than 7,500 people from 129 countries placed a bid for the online auction that was narrowed down to about 20 high rollers. The auction was the official launch of Blue Origin's New Shepard that will fly into space July 20th on the 52nd anniversary of the Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin's moon landing. Okay, here's the winning bid. And that is sold $28 million to number 107. The $28 million will now be given to Blue Origins Club for the Future that promotes science and technology to young Americans. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. And new data shows that 13 states have reached the goal of having 70% of their adult populations at least partially vaccinated against COVID. This is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Gary Voorhees is joining us. One of the people who witnessed one of the most famous or infamous UFO encounters of recent years. After this happened, did you start digging right away into the subject of UFOs or what? For me, I kind of went the other way with it. Instead of looking into the UFOs, I was looking into how they did what they did. Talking with physicists that I knew, making physicists, if somebody said they were a physicist or if they said they were some type of scientist, you know, I'd pick their brains about things. I I did my own research. I did my own studying. And, you know, I mean, of course, this is all, you know, know, just, you know, self-taught everything. So... Just trying to understand what I saw, you know, how could it be possible? How could this have worked? How could it, you know, make sense? You know, I know that these things are possible now. So what do I do about it? And I had to keep it to myself in general, you know, so when I'd ask questions about certain things, I just describe a certain situation and say, how would you think that would happen? You know, and that's how I would get information, more and more information about things and that's you know also studying my own pubs and studying my own systems and stuff like that uh you know because i had a lot of that information still available to me 
that's why it's it's so hard for me to believe that it was uh, spoofed. Is just because after everything I researched to understand how this all works, it's it's hard for me to believe that it was spoofed. Okay, so we've got the fact that there's a Pentagon UAP task force. If this is something that was spoofed, if it was something that we did, why bother to do that? And I would also think, going back to the original UAP investigation financed with that $22 million that Senator Reid and his colleagues raised, why would they do that? They have access to intelligence information. They would know what was going on, and they wouldn't even touch it. The fact that they went through all that indicates to me that they felt something unusual was going on. Yeah, and I think think that's the general consensus is that we don't know what it is. We don't know what the phenomenon of aerial, you know, all these aerial phenomenons that are being witnessed. We don't know what they are, and they could pose a threat. They may not pose a threat. But we don't know. And, you know, and that's a lot of the reason why it's being posed that way to Congress and, you know, to get these things rolling. Because if they don't know about it, that even concerns me, because usually most politicians are more concerned with their career than, you know, what's right and wrong. So if somebody says, no, you probably shouldn't talk about that, then generally they just don't. Well, you see, that's what's so unusual about all the discussion we've had. So look at Senator Reid, former Senate Majority Leader, pretty high up there in the Democratic politics, now retired. He hooked up with two other senators to get the $22 million, which is not much. It's like you buy three or four toilet seats and, you know, that's it. A couple of hammers and some toilet seats. (laughs) Well, okay, so they got the hammers on special that week. You know, if you buy three toilet seats, they give you five hammers. It answers the question if I had a hammer. That was an old song, an old folk song. Anyway, seriously speaking here, we have Senator Reid saying he had a long interest in this subject going back to the 1990s in his interviews. We have John Podesta, who worked with President Obama and President Clinton and worked with Hillary Clinton and wrote the introduction to Leslie Kane's UFO book. We have John Brennan and James Woolsey, both of whom were CIA directors, both of whom said that something is going on and needs to be investigated seriously. You know Christopher Mellon. He worked for both the Democratic and Republican administrations. And he says this is something that has to be investigated. So we have people here in the world of politics saying something is important. Senator Marco Rubio a Republican senator, for example. Obviously, Hillary Clinton had said a number of things about it. What interested me during the 2016 campaign was this. Hillary Clinton's going on TV shows saying she wants to get to the bottom of the UAP mystery. You see, they're UAP now, not UFO. She makes a big point of that. She obviously knows what's going on. Knowing the campaign she was in, you'd think that the other guy who was calling her crooked Hillary, would also say crazy Hillary for chasing after UFOs or flying saucers, and he didn't. He didn't touch it that I know about. Trump didn't say anything about it, even though she was very vocal in talking about this. That is what's so strange to me. People on both sides of the political aisle, talk show hosts, conservative, liberal, whatever, 
talking seriously about this subject. And if this is just a test, why is that happening? My thoughts on it is, is that, you know, a lot of these people know more than they're telling us. And in order and there's something that concerns them, there's there's something that they want out. And because of national security, you know, because of clear, you know, the information being, you know, classified or, you know, whatever be the case that it's not come out, you know, it seems to be there's almost like a small cabal of these people that are like, look, you know, pushing, you know, an agenda to get this information out to us. So it's either just a big you know, let's get them to really believe in UFOs or it's a situation where there really is information that they truly want to get out to the public. People like Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo. I mean, these guys obviously know more than they're telling us and can't say anything due to their, you know, uh, relationship with the U.S. government. But they're definitely pushing super strong narratives on what needs to be looked at. So, Maybe we should just keep looking at what they're telling us to look at instead of fighting it. (laughs) There's a UFO investigator you might have heard of, Kevin D. Randall. And Kevin has been writing about the subject for years. He covered Roswell. He's also a fiction writer, by the way, in case you want to look it up. But he was suggesting here that this Pentagon UAP task force was what he called... Condon 2.0 is referring to the Condon report back in the late 60s that was put together after congressional hearings that were chaired by former President Ford when he was a congressman from Michigan. And it was a whitewash of the subject. The Air Force closed its Project Blue Book after that. Don't know if you've studied all that ancient history, Gary. That's way, way, way before you were born. Well, in some any of case, it, you know. So, sure. And that was it. He thinks this is going to lead up to one big bust. But we didn't have this buildup then. Now, I was really young when this happened. We didn't have that kind of buildup in the 60s that we're having right now. Again, but we have a very polarized also- society, very polarized world. Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, all creating expectations that something positive is going on. So I just wonder. Well, I mean, during the 60s and 50s, though, we still at least had, you know, faith in our government. You know, nowadays you basically got to set somebody on fire, throw them down the street to get anybody's attention. So, you know, it does make sense that you would need to build something up way more to complete the narrative. You know, this could be just another set of control factors, like you said, just make us, you know, give us a give us a little bit, but not enough to really know the truth. And you see what makes it worse here, if the president of the United States came out there and said, we think UAPs are possibly off-world and we're going to figure out what's going on, but so far they don't seem to have represented any threat or danger to us. You have the Democrats would believe him. 70% of Republicans would say, Trump's president, not Biden, so whatever he says, we ignore And if Trump were still president and he said something, you'd have Democrats ignoring him. We live in that kind of society where I suggested years ago that if Obama trotted out an alien being, a gray whatever, Klaatu, whoever, people would think it was a fake out. 
That's how crazy this world is. Gary, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com hey everybody if you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food i've got great news in fact i'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while here's the thing we've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans survival soup beans These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com, and discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away. At SoupBeanSurvival.com, that's SoupBeanSurvival.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. 
So the tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So before we get to discussing the work of UAPX, your organization, we're still in the month of June as we record this show for broadcast in June. Do you think this report that's supposed to come out this month, and will it have anything hopeful, positive, or will it just be an excuse we need more time? Or maybe not come out at all. I think it definitely a report will come out. Uh, I think it'll end up being uh, fashionably late, and then it'll be, it'll have some some uh, like a couple of tidbits that keep us keep us happy, but not the you know absolute disclosure that anybody's looking for. That's honestly probably never going to happen, just because of the collateral damage that would incur from them saying yes we've known about this for since the 50s because then they have to be responsible for anybody's career that was ruined over this anybody's death that was attributed to it you know it just would open up way too many lawsuits and way too many wormholes so if they do ever admit that this is of off-world origin then it would be based off of current things that happen rather than things in the past. I doubt that they were ever going to admit that they've known it since the 50s. But they would have to then, or at least they'd be asked, to explain how has this been going on for so many years and finally takes you till 2021 to tell us we have off-world visitors that have clearly been here for decades? No, then that goes into plausible deniability. And then, of course, we all... All they have to say is national security, and they don't have to say a damn thing about anything. Well, the thing is that they could also say, we continue to investigate the phenomenon, but so far it does not indicate any potential threat to national security. And that's another way of getting out of it. Yeah, they, they basically can, can do the straight politician's route to get out of it. As long as they keep the interest, but yet don't actually say anything, they can keep people like us, keep chomping at the bit and the general public will just go about their daily business because as long as it doesn't really affect their personal bubble they just don't care after a while have you ever read at all gary the reports about ufo cases where they flew in and around nuclear installations and may have interfered with their operation yeah i've read reports about them literally turning off our nukes Uh, i mean stuff like that is what you know, really does have me concerned. I mean, the fact that, you know, the objects that we saw were able to outfly our F-18s, our most advanced aerial combat fighters, like they were just kids kicking around a ball. Now, just as a point of reference here, listeners, we did this portion of the show before the leak about the Pentagon UFO report came out that it would neither confirm 
alien origin or say it wasn't possible. So please evaluate what we say in light of that. Let's go on. If you're reporting them accurately, there's no possible way they could be made on this planet by any known civilization. I think it's a good chance that they're not. You know, there's a good chance that they may not even be manned because, I mean, if we were if I was an advanced civilization sending something to another world, I probably would start off with what maybe rovers, unmanned craft. Uh, you know, if I did go to a planet, uh, you know, I might even leave things behind to monitor the situation on that planet. You know, I mean, these are all things that we would we would do and we have done on other planets ourselves. So. Why is it out of the realm of possibility that another civilization thousands of years ahead of us hasn't done it here? The only issue here is they have seen entities or beings in and around the craft. Now, I'll go to the Sicaro, New Mexico case of the mid-1960s, where a police officer sees a couple of beings around the craft. I'm not talking about someone who says they've been abducted by aliens because we can talk about that. It may be part of the mystery or something totally different. I'm just saying that on occasion, entities are seen, but that doesn't tell us they're not robotic. They could still be humanoid or... They could also be biomechanical. I mean, sure. it, we, we, we've already got technology that's literally technically alive, but is just technology. Suggesting then that we wouldn't even bother to send the populace here if we were them a thousand years ahead of those puny earthlings. There are science fiction stories suggesting that what they do is they upload a copy of their consciousness to this artificial being that does the mission, returns, and then uploads that experience back to the originator. So they experienced everything that happened everything that happened but they didn't have to travel if they didn't want to that would be wild i could definitely see something like that happening i mean i mean then they could also have already developed psionic technology we're already now starting to realize that we can use you know just thought alone to move technology you know who knows what you could do with that in a million years you know you could literally create technology that can just manifest a whatever you look like via this object, you know, right into your head and you think you're seeing it, you know, you can feel it, you can touch it, but it's just a psionic manifestation of some type. You know, what's interesting about that though, Gary, too, is that it, I mean, this goes back to when we were talking about the whole radar spoofing thing again, in that we may not be dealing with necessarily our technology spoofing us, but their technology spoofing us, just like you were saying. I mean, if they can, implant images into people's minds, and there's been a lot of reports that they can do that. If they have technology that is hardware that can perform the way that it does, then there's really nothing that they can't make us think we're seeing, whether it's there or not. Yeah, and that's been my argument with some... Uh, I've gotten into some discussions with, with abductees about whether or not all of these aliens are good or bad. And I'm like, well, you know, anybody that would take me from my family and force me to do anything is not good in my book. And then, of course, you've got a lot of people that are like, well, I welcome it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's you. But there's a lot of accounts where people don't. I, I hate being, you know, bringing anything really negative to the concept, but I think that we should take 
everything into consideration. Should these things be able to manipulate the way that we look at things or perceive our own reality? Well, that's that's a problem. Yeah, and I think that it's been well established that they can, and they've been doing that for decades, because you're talking to a person here who is a believer already. So although I do come across as skeptical about individual cases, and you know, I ask some pretty hard questions, I do believe alien visitation is a reality. So <laughs> I believe it's definitely a possibility, and the only reason I say it that way is that, you know, I'm not so much as nuts and bolts as I was the last time that we had our conversations. You know, um, I've even developed even thought processes that maybe that the Big Bang was actually initiated by just consciousness alone, and so I've I've delved into some some more of the phenomena type scenarios where you know more more wooish than science and because there's just a wall that you run into where you can't explain it so you got to start looking somewhere i mean i think that you make a really good point though if, if we're dealing with technology and civilizations that can directly in, influence our mind and we even have some technology that can do that our, ourselves here with uh, different kinds of microwaves and other types of technology. I mean, you, they've got, they're using it in the commercial industry now where you can go and stand outside a storefront in New York and they beam the audio right into your head. And it sounds like somebody is talking to you from inside your head while you're watching the presentation in the storefront window. So, I mean, if we can do that, what's stopping some other civilization from that's a thousand years ahead from doing that? Well, I mean, just look at the work that, you know, mainstream media is done with just subliminal messaging. I mean, literally making you want to go do something without physically forcing you to go do it. <laughs> That's so true. I, you know, if they're if they're here for any reason, I think it is some kind of a you know largely in a psychological experiment. There, it's as if they're testing our behavior. And now this takes me back to the whole incident again. Before we drift off too far from that, it seems like what they're doing is like we're, okay, we'll make ourselves detectable but we'll stay way you know way out of range we'll, we won't let them get a hold of any of our craft but they don't have to do any of that given their technology they could just not be anywhere near us at any given time so the only it seems to me logical inference here is that they're doing it on purpose to get our attention in some way to judge our behavior or analyze our behavior what do you think of that well, I mean, if they're really, you know, able to do that over long distances, I mean, if they could spoof these things to make an entire carrier, you know, an entire aircraft carrier and associated personnel see these things, then they don't need to be present for anything. They can do it anywhere on the earth at any time. We've exactly. got more to come with Gary, Gene, and Randall. You're in the podcast. For listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Gary Voorhees, by the way, is going to join us on After the Paracast, part of the Paracast Plus, to sign up in just a few seconds. Go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Gary, interesting thing we're pointing here. Maybe this is like the holodeck in Star Trek. They're sending us an entire 3D image of what we're seeing, and there's nothing really there. We think it's there. We can detect it with our instruments, but it's just a projection. What do you think? They would have to be able to electronically spoof the data in our systems. They would have to literally make everybody's perception change so that we could see them. I mean, that's just, God, that's a level that just concerns me so greatly that it's hard for me to even think about it. Sure, but they can come here from another star system. If they have their own warp drive, and by the way, our scientists are looking into warp drive now. Of course, in the Star Trek universe, it's invented in 2063 and we meet the Vulcans, but forget about that. But seriously, the point is we're looking at this technology right now. If a civilization out there is a thousand years ahead of us, we cannot begin to imagine what they've achieved. I mean, we think of Star Trek in the 23rd and 24th centuries, the various editions of Star Trek, but... Now imagine not three, four hundred years ahead of us, a thousand years ahead of us. What they could do would be like magic to us, the Q continuum. They could bring up any image, create any impression. They could sit there across the universe and send an image to us. Who knows? Maybe they could do it. Maybe they're not even here. They're just sending us images. That kind of goes into the thought process of, uh, you know, the fractal uh, existence or, uh, you know, 
the fact that you know there's there's some some evidence that maybe even data and thought itself uh have a factor in physical reality um i don't see why it wouldn't because a thought is a physical thing you do with your you know with your mind so if you have a thought i don't see why it couldn't affect the physical world yeah, we have a really long thread in the forums about that consciousness and what that means and how we look at what is physical and what's not physical. And it seems that anything that we can detect through our senses in any kind of a way is must be part of the physical world. So if we can think, thought must be part of the physical world because we can detect it. If otherwise, we wouldn't be able to detect it. It'd be someplace else. We would have no clue on that it was even there. But because we can... It must be classed as physical, maybe not material, but physical. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, and honestly, the more and more, the more and more we research it, the more and more strange, the stranger it gets. And I think it's going to end up being to the point where we figure out that consciousness is a straight, measurable thing, like you can measure light or anything like that, and that. You know, data itself can affect outcomes. I mean, just look at the uh, when they're looking at the spin on a particle, you know, even on an electron, they can't measure it without looking at it. And it doesn't exist until they look at it. That, that blows my mind. You know, that when, when you look into some of these uh, research that they've done with uh, entangled particles, you know, I mean, this stuff is starting to prove that our reality is not what we think it is. I think I think that we're dealing with a much bigger picture than we're aware of. There's no question about it. But at the same time, I think we also have to be careful, especially out here in the world of ufology, not to get mired down in what they call quantum woo, which yeah. is making claims about quantum physics and particle physics that really we have no business making claims about because we really don't know much about it at all. Period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all, all my claims come from just impressions I get from like the, uh, any any of the studies I've read. Uh, in no way, shape, or form is it a educate. It's all just a random guess of a, a layman. Yeah, but you do seem to be a pretty smart guy, though. I mean, you, you know, from every measure that I can tell, and and so are a lot of people. And I don't think that that should deter us, you know, therefore, for that intelligent from looking at things and trying to understand it and questioning it and then talking amongst ourselves to go, okay, well, my understanding is this. What do you think? Does that make sense? And this is one of the things I like about you. You're not... 100% evangelically committed to any particular belief. You're just going, give me a reason why I should change my view or look at it this way. Man, if it's good enough, I will. Until then, I'll just stick with what I've got figured out on my own. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty damn. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, pretty accurate uh, <laughs> description of uh, how I pretty much go by things because. Anybody that's stuck in one thought process is stuck there forever. You know, if you keep asking the same question over and over again without restating the question in a different way to try to find a different angle on it or get a different opinion on it, even if you don't agree. Like, I don't agree that it was spoofed, but can I say that it was not? No, I can't. 
you know, right. Don't. That's exactly how I look at it. I go, well, I don't know. Like I sent you a link on the Skype here to an yeah, article about that. how they're spending millions, you know, millions of dollars on radar spoofing. And I don't know all about that technology. You know a lot more than I do, which is what's really great about having someone like you on the show. Like, who knows? I, I would say one good reason for them to spend that kind of money on it is if you had the most premier weapon system on the planet with the best radar system wouldn't you rather know exactly how it can fail absolutely oh yeah it makes it makes perfect sense now but this is the other thing getting back to the incident itself that we were talking about how it kind of represents them testing our behavior and isn't that exactly kind of how these war games go with nations whether they're authorized or not you've got some other force out there whatever it is testing the perimeters, seeing what our capabilities are, making themselves known, but staying out of range so that they don't become victims, so they don't become targets. They're just tracks, right? It's just like, okay, let's see what their capabilities are. It seems to be well, I think that they that were testing in, that group. I think even just in general war games, like when we do little, you know, when we do joint mission, joint, joint tasks with like, uh, you know, say we're doing real world tasks with other governments, you know, they're constantly testing our capabilities, even while we're friends. You know, they're constantly when we do war games against uh, Britain or France or Japan or, you know, anything like that. Nobody's showing all of their cards, but yet everybody's looking, you know, exactly. so this fits that that scenario, don't you think, in terms of behavior? Well, yeah, in behavior. Yeah. I mean, because I mean. For all we know, this our entire existence is an ongoing experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had guests who have claimed that people on the inside know that and that that is what's going on. We are an ongoing experiment, or at least study, and uh, they've, they, they're in control of it. And that very well could be, because, I mean, when you look at it, if these are physical objects and they are actually here and they have that level of technology, then we've never been in control. No, not really, but maybe a lot more control than we had back, say, 2,000 years ago, because now all of a sudden, say, instead of coming down and, and being a glowing ball of light on the on the mountain and, and commanding that you sacrifice your, you know, a lamb or your youngest daughter or whatever, uh, you have to deal with a carrier group. And F-18s and stuff like that. So and not agnostic quite, people. And agnostic <laughs> people. Yeah, so it's not quite as simple as it used to be, yeah. right? No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, but it's still going to not be that much. I mean, now, I mean, look. Look at what we've thought is a good idea for our own society. You know, I mean, and of course, that's, a, that's still just a perception of mine. But, you know, the sociological experiment that's been going on forever called America <laughs> has been a blending of just ridiculous amounts of different cultures. And then now it's turning into something completely different, but that's beside the point. It's I mean, they could just be interested about how, until we implode in ourselves, who knows if we're not the first civilization that's risen and fallen on this planet that they've studied. That raises so many other questions we can cover. Gary Voorhees, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Yes, the pandemic is coming to an end. Restrictions are coming to an end. But body aches and pains never seem to end. That's why you need to click sunny-bay.com for the best sleep you can get. Sunny Bay's legendary products can help, like our lavender stress-reducing products, locally sourced and handmade in the USA. Or try Sunny Bay's award-winning pillows for traveling or extra neck support while sleeping. No need for pills or expensive chiropractic visits. Our neck support pillows are that good. Sunny Bay is a homegrown small business, but our products are designed and rigorously tested based on your demand and feedback. And they make great gifts for mom, dad, or anyone. Find Sunny Bay products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, or at sunny-bay.com. And right now, get free heat patches and a belt with any purchase. So remember, Sunny Bay heating pads, neck pillows, and stress-relieving hot or cold wraps as restrictions come to an end and you get back to work. Do it the healthy way with Sunny Bay. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. 
Join me, George Norrie, for Contact in the Desert Worldwide Virtual UFO Conference, June 25th to the 28th. Contact in the Desert will be an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient alien civilizations, consciousness, AI, crop circles, and cutting-edge science. More than 130 presentations, 67 speakers, and two extra weeks to view our extraordinary lineup. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact. Contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have three more segments to go with Gary, and then he'll be on the After the Paracast podcast. But, Gary, I wanted to focus on this organization of which you're co-founder and president, UAPX. Tell us about it. It started with a phone call. Kevin Day said, you know, do you want to start a company with me? And I'm like, um, and I'll be honest with you. At first, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah all, right, all right, all right, whatever, you know, kind of like, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Because I didn't really have a whole lot of time to spend on it at the time. And I, at first, I really didn't have a whole lot to do with the company. Then things were going pretty good. Kevin formed the formed the nonprofit in Oregon, and uh, things started to roll. So I'm like, all right, well, this is going to be a thing. So we started working, and we started getting, uh, you know, ideas going on how we could get things going. And then we started collecting people and members, and you know, other other prominent people like Kevin Knuth that were very interested in working with us, and now is a ingrained part of the team. Tell but, us a little bit more about some of these people. Like, what does uh, Dr. Kevin Knuth do, and what's his specialty? How does he contribute to your team? Knuth is a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a scientist for uh, NYU. Uh, he works in their physics department. Uh, he's very outspoken about UFOlogy and about the, uh, you know, if you see any of his lectures about, you know, the chances of there being life in the universe, you'll find it absolutely fascinating because he, he'll break it down to the nitty-gritty for everybody you know down to the math of how long it would take somebody to get here from our closest galaxy and you know i mean the realistic numbers of what it would have to look like if we are visiting being visited and of course that's going to be relative on technology too but you know he has to go with what he knows so he does an excellent job and that's actually what started making me more prevalent on dealing with a lot of the people in, in our company. And then, of course, we've got, you know, Chris Altman, which is a NASA-trained astronaut, uh, now a civilian astronaut working in the Philippines. And he's working all over the place now, but he's he's been a member of UAPX. Uh, and then... Uh, Before we move on there, we're, I'm, I'm looking on your site right now, by the way, at uapexpedition.org your team uh, Christopher Altman VP Science and Technology Space and Director of Special Projects what special projects have you got on the go right now well um, so uh, I don't like dead air uh, <laughs> there's a political answer <laughs> I, I thought you guys were going to go out and do an expedition last time we talked this is like almost a year and a half ago well, we, we, like, we ended up getting some organizational setbacks and then uh once we 
reorganized and basically kind of reopened shop, then the coronavirus hit. Uh-huh. And a lot of our funding at the time was going to be coming from a production company that we had actually gone in with at the time. And when the coronavirus hit, Hollywood shut down. So basically that, that contract just sat there and eventually just ran out. And then when everything came back online, you know, here it is almost a year and a half later, it's a different world. So now we're, you know, licking our wounds and and figuring out exactly how to proceed. And, uh, you know, anything that we may or may not have going on, you know, unfortunately can't be discussed at the moment. You have to kind of reinvent your wheel here. Yeah. Are are all the people on your website still on your team? Kevin, yourself, Jason? People on the website currently are the only people in the company. Yeah, that's a pretty good looking team, though. I mean, you guys have got like uh, you know some real expertise going there with some real good people. It's 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 just really encouraging to see that kind of you know those kind of people. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, we got a lawyer, we've got expats and scientists, and then Dave Altman. I say it that way because I love messing with Dave. <laughs> Yeah, he no, looks like he's looking at you right now, like, don't mess with me, man. <laughs> because he's, because yeah, yeah, and also a special happy birthday to him because it is his birthday today. Oh, hey, awesome. Congratulations out there, Christopher. Maybe we should uh, get you on the show sometime. Oh, no, that's uh, Dave Altman's birthday. It's not Christopher. Oh, Dave Altman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I talking about Christopher. That's why I like to mess with Dave, though. Uh, Dave, oh. Dave, you know, so, but we, you know, me, Kevin, uh, PJ and uh, Jason Turner, we all uh, we all started the company together. Uh, me and Kevin founded it, and then you know um, Jason he handles a lot of our financial stuff. Uh, he's the one that went and opened the bank account for the company. He deals with the bank cards and all the money and stuff, so I don't have to. Um, it's nice to have somebody that I can trust, um, and of course Michael Hall. He's he's, a, he's an attorney, so it's. His role was pretty uh, set in stone, you know, as a corporate attorney. Um, and then we have our science team, which is Dr. Kevin Knuth and uh, Dr. Christopher Altman, uh, Dr. Matthew. Uh, sorry if I've butchered your name, Matt. Uh, Matthew uh, Zyagus, uh, Zydagus. 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 And David Mason. I mean, uh and of course, we got Jeremy McGowan, which is our, our most recent addition with his uh, with his wonderful vehicle, the Osiris. Um, so we've we've got a amazing team of people that came together, and I still every day can't believe that these people listen to anything I say. So, <laughs> well, you seem like a pretty reasonable guy to to work with for starters, uh, and I absolutely respect and and really I really love your attitude. Because it just, you just come across as someone who can be worked with, which is not easy to find in today's world, who's also got leadership skills. So, you know, these, like, it sounds pretty good. And there, yeah, there's Dave. I just had to scroll down a little further. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's still got the same kind of a look like, oh, yeah, are you messing with me? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. someone comes across your site, we have a link. At thepowercast.com, we'll be putting up a link for it. What, at this point, because you're still working out some of the things you're going to do, what would you like to tell people about your plans in terms of your overall goals? 
Do you have overall goals that you can talk oh, about? Oh yeah, uh, we we we've got a lot of general overall goals. You know, our 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 prime our primary goal is eventually to have uh, multiple permanent locations in which we are tracking and receiving data 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so that we can basically try to know the flight paths, the the occurrences, the the regularity, uh, determine whether there's, uh, you know, maybe a motivation in their flight paths. Do they have lanes like we have flight lanes? Do they do they fly in a particular way? And the only way we're going to do that is continuous uh, monitoring. Um, so, you know, we hopefully in the future will partner with companies like UFO DAP and uh, and uh, Skyhub and you know uh, any other company that comes out that has these these monitoring systems and these great you know projects of grandeur um, and partner with other research teams. You know, I don't want this. You know, I want to make this field where we're not all competing with each other. We've got a break here. We'll have more to come with. Gary, Gene, and Randall, you're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamG'day.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. President Biden will meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Geneva this week following the G7 summit and a meeting of NATO leaders in Brussels. But Senator Bill Haggerty says he's not expecting too much to come from the meeting because the president is going in from a position of weakness. The Tennessee Republican tells Fox News that Biden has already offered too many concessions to the Russians. I think the G7 is frankly being overshadowed completely by what is going to happen next week when Biden does meet with Putin. And Biden's going into this in a position of weakness. Look, he capitulated on the START Treaty at the very beginning with Russia. Now he's turned around and allowed them to finish the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Look, that project was, was categorized as a malign influence project by the Trump administration. I served in that administration. This is a huge mistake to walk into this meeting in a position of weakness. And I think that's what all of the G7 leaders are wondering about. How will Biden and Putin manage this meeting? You're listening to USA Radio News. The auction for a ride into space next month with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and his brother Mark has been completed. 
John Clemens reports. More than 7,500 people from 129 countries placed a bid for the online auction that was narrowed down to about 20 high rollers. The auction was the official launch of Blue Origin's New Shepherd that will fly into space July 20th on the 52nd anniversary of the Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin's moon landing. Okay, here's the winning bid. And that is sold $28 million to number one, oh, The $28 million will now be given to Blue Origins Club for the Future that promotes science and technology to young Americans. From the USA Radio News, Texas Bureau. I'm John Clemens. And new data shows that 13 states have reached the goal of having 70% of their adult populations at least partially vaccinated against COVID. This is USA Radio News. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Leaner Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. There he is here, of course. When when he does that voice with the echo, Gary, he sticks himself in the little box. <laughs> I would like to see that someday. <laughs> well, I would too, but he won't let me see it. He hides it from me. And now, of course, now what you're talking about here in terms of the goals of UAPX is to set up some kind of detection system or integrate with the other detection systems in order to be able to monitor possible activity is it strictly ufos or are you going to look at other stuff we're primarily going to focus on the uap phenomenon and that includes anything included you know anything unknown flying through our skies are we going to investigate anything else of course whatever ends up popping up you know if we end up doing our research and realizing that literally every single flight that we track ends up going into the ocean well guess what we're going into the ocean you know so we're basically trying to follow the breadcrumbs we have a very very strong empirical evidence of a phenomenon of of things that are happening and we need to follow those breadcrumbs and use the little bit of information we do have to get more information unravel it and that's basically what we want to do and i want to make this entire field to be a playground of the most intelligent people because i find that the farther into this i get that you know generally very intelligent people are the ones that are really interested in this the average person doesn't really care you know the average person although not not unintelligent they're just it doesn't affect their daily life 
so it doesn't really matter to them. So it's only the people that have the time to sit on their eight-hour blue blue car grind and think about you know the the origins of everything. You know, <laughs> those are the people that want to know. It's pretty interesting because there are a lot of intelligent people out there who are skeptics who will just say that this is all nonsense, too. You know, and so it, it's a worldview thing. Yeah. And, and it's not really about intelligence so much as, as it is, I, th- I think, our own perspective on the world and opening up our, our own worldview to the possibilities that other people are experiencing, that it's all not just about your own personal experience but about the experience of now, literally hundreds of thousands of other people on the planet. Okay, I'm going to break into this because I just got this breaking news from the New York Times that people have heard about. It says here, government finds no evidence that aerial sightings were alien spacecraft. So the report says American intelligence officials have found no evidence that aerial phenomena witnessed by Navy pilots in recent years are alien spacecraft. But they still cannot explain the unusual movements that have mystified scientists in the military, according to senior administration officials briefed on the findings of a highly anticipated government report. Now, of course, that's a cop-out. They're saying, we can't figure out what it is, but it can't be spaceships. We can't prove it. But that apparently, even though it's not the full report, apparently it's what that report's going to contain. Basically, it's not going to help. So basically, it's going to be exactly what most of us thought it was going to be. Exactly. We can't prove they're alien spacecraft, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. That's well, like a step up from Condon 1. It's like, yeah, Con- it, it's maybe Condon 1.5 instead of Condon 2.0. Well, at least they're admitting that there's a, you know an unknown phenomenon going on. So, I mean, th- that's already a win for us. So at this point, we've gone to the point where they're saying it's not ours. It's not ET, but we don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you well, believe that, Gary, for a second, though? I mean, okay, think I, about it. I don't believe for a second yeah. they don't have a good idea what it is. <laughs> I mean, you're trying to set up with something with, you know, UFODAP, which you mentioned there, by the way, uh, hooking up with Christopher O'Brien. He is hands down like one of the most respected actual boots on the ground field investigators i could think of that you could get involved with and that whole project that they've got going i mean that's a really really good move if you guys can all work that out and really get it happening for sure just you know just throwing that plug out there for chris and, and uh, to people yeah, with yeah I'd, have to, I'd have to agree you know i'm impressed with the stuff that uh you know all these guys are doing and honestly i didn't know about ufo depth for a long time and skyhub was the only company that i knew was doing anything like this i knew there had been precursors you know people that have tried to do it in the past but then i found out about the ufo dap and you know and i was pretty impressed you know they already have a developed package that you can buy they already have the accessories you know you can go right to what you need to do anything remotely with them so i was yeah. very impressed with with what how what they've developed Plus, you're dealing with people, and I mean, I don't mean to be the sales, you know, make a sales yeah. picture, but but you're also dealing with people that aren't all heavily biased against yeah. it necessarily, or one way or the other, but are really well informed. Like Christopher O'Brien is one of the most well informed people I can think of in the entire field to be involved with. So he's going to understand what you guys are trying to accomplish, and he's not going to be critical, and you don't have to worry about any stigmatization, nothing like. That. Yeah, I'd like to see 
a little bit more affordable systems for the average person, though. You know, because there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, the working Joe that may only have a, you know, be able to save up a lot of grand to, to build something like this. His systems are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. And, you know, firsthand, I'm, I'm definitely going to eventually get one of these systems. But it's not... It's not something you're going to run out and buy. It's not something that we can deploy at a, uh, in, a in a major way. You know, um, the, the the grand ideas I have for the world is eventually you know a sky hub on every roof or a UFO dap on every roof, and everybody's looking up. And that's not going to happen. But at least we can get as close as we could possibly do. And this brings me back to the the point I had started to make as well. On top of that, is that if you know, we've got that kind of technology, you know, better than any one of us here talking right now, what the powers that be have in between all of the types of tracking systems and detection systems that you've worked with directly back then. And then consider all the other departments along with what they've got out in space that it are, would, you know, it <laughs> they got to know. Yeah, it would hurt your brain to know the information that they actually have. Now, there could be a very real, I mean, they could be really saying, look, we do know of these things, but we have no idea what they are still. That could be a real possibility. They could have all of the radar data in the world and still not know what they are. Well, yes, what they are, but they're going to have a lot of that information like you wanted. Yes. To get at, they're, you know, where they're going to say, okay, well, we don't necessarily have one, and we're not entirely sure what their origin is, but we have tracked them coming into our our spatial space from out, you know, whether it's beyond the moon or whatever it happens to be, and within our atmosphere, and there, and they, I would say they would have to know whether or not they're from around here or not, because given the the technology that we have in the military now. To have some civilization that can create that kind of technology with, without any kind of an infrastructure and still have it go completely undetected by the kind of technology that our militaries have, I just don't see it as being reasonable. And, you know, just from what you just said, it could be one of the reasons that's forcing this topic out is because the fact that commercial technology is starting to be able to do the same things that our military technology could. And, you know, on top of that, we have 40 plus countries all starting their own space programs. We have multiple other countries sending things to other planets already. You know, so we're not the only one with skin in the game anymore. It's not just us and Russia anymore. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, we've got a lander on Mars now that's accompanied by a drone. We have a helicopter on Mars. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's wild. Okay, we're going to continue another segment with Gary Voice and Gene Steinberg and Jay Randall Murphy now having, of course, this New York Times report, which by the time you've heard the show will have been out for a few days. But the key being, they don't know where it is, folks. More to come with Gene Randall. Gary, you're in. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. Things are falling apart, it seems, every day. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, especially food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take a moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. With over a dozen years' experience, My Patriot Supply has earned over 40,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious, calorie-rich food averages 2,000 calories per day and lasts in storage up to 25 years, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for something bad to happen again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medication, care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. 
Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. First, I think Randall has been possessed. By the way, his head is turning backwards. Okay? That's it. His head is turning backwards. Hmm. Hmm. Just do a few head spins and while I'm at my doing my yoga here. Yeah. Okay, another, another yeah. sentence here. <laughs> and while a forthcoming unclassified version expected to be released to Congress by June 25th will present few other firm conclusions, senior officials briefed on the intelligence conceded that the very ambiguity of the findings meant the government could not definitively rule out theories that the phenomena observed by military pilots might be alien spacecraft. They're not dismissing it. They're just saying they can't prove it. Uh, I wonder if they actually say that they aren't dismissing it as, you know, off-world technology, because they seem like they really like to use that term, off-world. They don't like to say alien. Right, but you see, the way it's presented is the headline says, well, we can't prove they're spaceships, but we can't prove they're not, because we just don't know. Yeah, sounds pretty typical of a headline. They're testing the waters. They're seeing what we think. It's like, can we get away with saying, well, they might be something from another star system? Like, either way, they're alien, whether they're from here or somewhere else. Because, you know, alien doesn't necessitate interstellar. It just means from without, you know, outside the boundaries and constructs of our known civilization. When you're looking at the headline, that headline's a distortion based on what I read. If I had written the headline... I would basically say the real conclusion, which is they don't know whether it's spaceships or not, because that's what the body of the story says. But the headline writer decided to play it push, safe. play it. Well, he's playing fast and loose yeah. with yeah. what happened. And I assume that's based on reality because the people involved in this story covering it over the years have been involved in writing this kind of stuff. Like Aline Cooper is one of the authors of the piece in the New York Times, which was published on June 3rd. And she is one of the people who was involved with Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane in the original New York Times story. She covers the Pentagon for the New York Times and is a frequent guest in some of the cable TV news shows. So she knows whereof she speaks. So she's saying it that way. That's the real meaning. The real meaning is... They're not dismissing the possibility of aliens. They just can't prove what it is. But that makes it even worse because if this phenomenon has been going on for so long and still they can't prove what it is, we still don't know. It just shows how how far advanced it is. Because, I mean, generally, if this was uh, something within our range of understanding, then, you know, we would have already figured it out as, as civilians. I mean, it just kind of lends to the fact of how far advanced or how far beyond our understanding or even concepts that this may be. I mean, hell, this 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 might even be dimensional, you know, or not even so much dimensional, but more of uh, the idea that there's multiple, you know, realities. It could be just a different reality bleeding into ours. Coming from another, sure, another universe. But yeah. I mean, even that is alien as well. It's a mind game. It's like, well. If it's not that, then logically it has to be the other thing. But we don't want to say it's the other thing, so we're always going to define it by what it's not. 
instead of what it is. The thing is, is if you can do that, if you if you rule out everything else and the only thing that's left is alien, then that's what it is. It's not saying we don't know what it is. It's saying we know what it is. It's something alien. We don't know much more beyond that. We don't know necessarily. But then again, that's because that's the only things that we know it could be. I mean, there also could be the third option of unknown to us. There could be the whole breakaway civilization situation. There could be another civilization that actually lives on this planet and was developed here. But we have no idea that they're here. Well, that's still alien to our civilization, but, right? Technically, well, it's still alien. Alien doesn't mean we can be aliens to them. <laughs> I mean, right? We have to look at the word like from the the way they use it in well, for example, in biology, they'll call an alien species one that has found itself or that you find within the environment which it didn't originate in. It's not from. It's an alien species. And that's so, what I'm saying is that, and that's that species all that could have developed here. Yeah, it just like be. we did. Yeah, and then once in a while it comes into our awareness, and then it's perfectly fair to say alien. It just isn't necessarily yeah. fair to say they're from, like Gene says, Zeta Reticuli necessarily, because we don't know that. Well, but Zeta Reticuli, I don't think they have any evidence of any planets. Remember, Zeta Reticuli is a binary star system, so it creates that complexity too. But, you know, except for stories of people who have channeled beings from Zeta Reticuli, we have no evidence of extrasolar planets there, which doesn't mean they aren't there. Doesn't mean they don't hang out on the weekends. Let's just go to Zeta Reticuli for the weekend and have some fun, guys. Okay, we're going to take our starship Warp Factor 7, you know, leisurely speed. Or maybe they have a Stargate there. You know, a Stargate aboard a spaceship. Or maybe they just, figured out that they don't actually have to move through space and time, that everything is connected. So you just, boop, I'm there. I love like, the concept of wormholes. By the way, folks, speaking of anything else, developments, they are supposedly still working on a revitalization of the Stargate TV show. And oh, MGM, which owns Stargate, in addition, of course, to James Bond, half of James Bond, uh, Bond, James Bond, they were purchased by Amazon. So that means that Amazon now owns Stargate. Jeff Bezos owns Stargate. So they may actually try to bring back that show. And we might see Amanda Tapping and Michael Shanks, two of the stars of Stargate SG-1 return. Okay, I don't know why we get into this, but we talk about visitors from other worlds. How do they get here? Do they come in a spaceship? Or are those spaceships strictly local to travel around the planet? Instead, they have some other mechanism of getting from here to there. There's there's so many theories I've already heard and so many thoughts I've had on it myself. Well, I remember when I first read the experiment about the entangled light particles. You know, I thought, well, if that could be true, then what makes there to be any distance amongst anything entangled? And if we all started in the same spot at the Big Bang, wouldn't that make every single thing in all of reality entangled? Meaning that you technically could move anywhere you want, anytime you want, because everything is connected? Not necessarily, but it does bring up at the point of what you were talking about earlier, where we could be dealing with multiple universes, because from the perspective of 
another universe if we are some kind of construct, which they're taking seriously, you know, the whole matrix type idea, but not that it's plugged into our heads, but like that we are living in one, then everything is connected from the perspective of the larger system, in which case, like you say, there is no distance. We've got to wrap it there. Gary, we'll continue this discussion of the multiverse after the PowerCast. But please tell our listeners they want to get more information about you. Where do they go? You can find me on Twitter. Uh, if you go into UFO Twitter, you'll find me at Gary Voorhees. Uh, you can actually look us look me up on our website at uh, UAP Expedition EXP org. Um, you can also contribute to our progress in our in our research there also if anybody's interested and uh, you know other than that uh, I make myself pretty available through social media so feel free to ask any questions you know uh, I generally try to get back to anybody that's not just kind of being horrible so okay we gotta wrap it here. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Facebook. Check out our branded merchandise at theparacast.shop. That's theparacast.shop. And Randall's going through the shop, and we're going to do some big, big overhauls there to make the place even better and get even a better, better range of merchandise. We also have the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus, where we offer this show free of the network ads, plus the After the Paracast podcast, where Gary Voorhees Jr. will be back. How about that? Go to the Paracast.plus, and if you subscribe for five years or lifetime, we give you an Amazon gift card. How about that? Paracast.plus. Gary, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Hey, thanks for having me. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs> <laughs>